When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Dad. Yes. It's been so long since we did a podcast. I don't know, know. how to feel about this. Well, just feel... Feel good. You know what would have been actually way better if we'd just sort of done a loose ends and then rolled straight on into this? That's cool. Yeah, well, you know, one day we'll do it. Yes. But not today. The year is 1980. Sydney's streets are filthy, running rampant with crime and corruption. Puberty blues is onto the cinemas, Ice House is blaring on the stereo, it's humid and dangerous, and a young man has decided to join the police force to fight crime. That man, of course, is my dad. Loose Units, the podcast, was created to tell the cases that wouldn't fit into my first book, Loose Units. But Loose Units was a series of fantastical tales that I wrote based on the real crimes my dad solved on the force back in the early 80s. So this season, Dad and I are finally going to go back, back, back to the year 1980. And each week, we'll be going chapter by chapter through Loose Units, the book. And Dad will tell us the story behind my version of events. It'll be thrilling, revelatory, and as always, very very loose. Welcome to Loose Units Origins. Anyway, welcome to Loose Units, the weekly true crime podcast where I, Paul Verhoeven, sit down with my dad, John Verhoeven, who used to be a cop. I wrote a book about it called Loose Units, and every week we are working through chapter by chapter, and dad's giving me his insights, and he's giving them to you as well, about the story behind the story that I told about him. And last week, we were talking about you being in the car with... A character called Ant-Man, not his actual name. Uh, Woodstock is the uh, alias I've given him in the book. And I guess the sort of upshot here is that Woodstock is a frightening bastard who was in police rescue. Um, you didn't think a great deal of him, but when last we left your, you as a 21-year-old uh, in the backseat of this car, you were- No, wait, you were driving the car. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, and you and Woodstock and another man whose name I don't quite recall dave i think i called him they're all fake names anyway were hooning down an alleyway towards a person who fled for no discernible reason now this chapter deals pretty kind of um pretty prominently with uh i would say police violence police brutality um, mm-hmm. yeah would you would you agree mm-hmm. with that assessment yeah 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 pretty pretty the dark side yeah of policing that was prevalent Back in the um, in the nineteen eighties, in fact, Paul, um, prior to um, getting into this particular um, chapter, yeah, where Christine and I live, we live right in amongst the you know the heart of where a lot of these stories took place, mm-hmm. which is sort of the it's and back then, of course, King's Cross was uh, was it was a really really 
really tough area. And there was a, you know, the bikey gangs used to come and you had all the strip clubs. And But what I've noticed lately, and I, and I saw two of what I'm about to describe happen on the weekend, and they were walking tours. I saw two separate people doing tours, and I managed to sort of bend an ear and kind of get a sense of what they were talking about. It was all local history. Then I thought to myself on the weekend, yep. I would love to do a crime-related <laughs> walking tour of the cross. What, cause, I mean, look at the stories that, that are in your books. Shit, that's a really, really good idea. Um, you know what would be nice if I came down to Sydney... Oh, right. mate. And, and we and we got a group of listeners together, maybe mm. even a big group of listeners, mm. and did a loose units tour of. Yeah. We could get a bus and we could go to the old post office, the old uh, police station in North Sydney. Yeah, that could be the meeting point. Yeah, we could start there. We could start out back where you used to park. Uh, yep. We could take them up to the detective. Shit, this is a good idea. Now, we can't take them to private residences, so we couldn't take them to the house from the witch. That would be that no. Would but we could drive other. into the street though, and just be and just say, look, one of these oh. houses is. Oh my god! Oh my god! That's a great idea. Um, th- look, listeners. Uh, this is a thing that we are going to, I think, at some point have to do. It'd be very, much- very exclusive. Yeah. Uh, it would be pretty... I mean, we'd have to, to cover costs of flights and cover costs a of... A million dollars rental. a person. It's going to cost a lot of money, but you will you will get a lap dance. Okay? Hmm. By you. Uh, well, we'll flip a coin. A big, horrible coin. Anyway, what is Dad, a What is a lap dance? It's a dance done on someone's lap. Cool. Um... So, moving swiftly along and putting a pin in what I think is an extraordinary idea, um, there's got to be a pun-based name for a Loose Units bus tour. So, if you can think of one, uh, please let us know. But can you imagine, seriously, Mm. doing... We could take them to the old morgue. Oh, yeah, it'd be the Paul and John's Tragical History Tour. It'd be just... (laughs) Oh, God, it's... It's really exciting. It'd be a really interesting experience. Yeah. Um, well, and also it would make reading the book very different because you would have been to the places. Um, mm. And I can drive the bus. Actually, I if we get a coaster, which is sort of a maybe a twenty seater, uh-huh. we could we could make a day of it. Oh yeah, I could be. Okay, I'm sorry, can, I'm getting a bit excited. No, no, it's fine. You drive the bus, and I can be the guy standing up with the little microphone thing, kind of talking people through and getting them their drinks, and we can we can make a day of it. But let's say we're on that bus tour, Dad. Would you remember which alleyway this chapter oh, took Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yes. Unfortunately, it's rather sad to remember something that where something... Well, lots of shit happened, didn't yeah, it? Yeah. Um, maybe I will... What I'll do is... Because this is chapter 15, uh, but mm. why do they call him Ant-Man? So, what I'll do is... Um, yeah, I'm going to read the uh, the opening of this chapter for you. Great, great. So the car zipped along, sending debris flying down the increasingly treacherous stretch of alleyway. And just as John worried they would lose the Commodore when they emerged into open traffic, he spotted it. A dumpster. A huge, rusted green dumpster, clearly from one of the restaurants that backed onto the alleyway, had somehow rolled away from the wall where it normally rested and drifted into the middle of the alley. Seeing it, the driver of the Commodore slammed on the brakes, narrowly avoiding a crash. John followed suit and 6-3 skidded to a halt. But before John had a chance to appraise the situation or ask what they planned to do next, both Woodstock and Dave leapt out of the patrol car and, as one, 
tore open the Commodore's driver's side door. John finally saw the driver, a scared young man, breathing very fast, hands still gripping the wheel, knuckles white. The next moment, Woodstock and Dave yanked him out of his seat and pinned him against the vehicle. At this point, they began beating the shit out of him. Dad, I guess one of the things that keeps coming up for me and for the listeners and for the readers is we know that you couldn't have, or we know that it would have been uh, pretty dangerous for you to stop this. Did you not wonder what the point of the beating was? Like, what, what, what is it achieving? That's like a very forensic question. I mean, as a policeman, surely you're going, like, is this going to achieve literally anything? What is the point? I guess uh, a couple of episodes ago, you were telling the incredible story of the bar brawls, and you mentioned that a lot of cops liked a bit of biffo, as you put it. Do you think? Do you think that's what's happening here? They're exact. They're getting something out of their systems, or do they genuinely? Oh yeah, yeah. No, they're definitely. Um, they're kind of dealing out summary justice, right? Now, let's talk about summary justice. Summary justice means mm. dealing out punishment for a crime, albeit in this case a misdemeanor, a minor offence. Um, well, I mean, or, it, is it an offence? I mean, well, well, he was actually intoxicated, but they didn't. Which, which surely which they didn't know that. No, no. Look, there's look. They just had the shits because he, um, in their eyes, was evading the police. Right, right. Bearing in mind, I mean, it's a tricky situation. I'm not trying to justify their. I will never ever justify their action. But I, what 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 I will say is that occasionally. This same scenario where a car pisses off, mm-hmm. they're pissing off for a bloody good reason. They may have just committed an indictable offence, which right. is a really serious offence. So you never really know. I guess... Um, oh, Jesus. Can you hear that? Was that a bird? Uh, if that was a bird, it was a fucking huge one. No, there's, I think there's a fire in the building. Is there a fire? No, it's a drill. Yeah, it's, smells- a dr- it's a drill. Nah, Dad, it's a drill. It's fine. Well, let's don't stop. Recording until you smell smoke. Yep. And even then, I should probably keep the mic going because I think it's good content. All right. So, please continue. So, these two guys, um, they were just basically thuggish bullies in a uniform. Yes. Now, of course, every single job in the world, teaching, um, clergy, medical profession, bankers, lawyers... Every profession on earth mm-hmm. attracts a cross section of the community, okay. which is kind of what the organization wants. Well, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, technically what you're looking for is a diverse spread of people. Diverse because, spread, yeah. exactly. And then once you get into a certain organization, mm. i.e., the police force, so when you go to the academy, they teach you fundamentals and it's a lot of it's story based because these are really experienced police officers, your instructors, but they tell you things from their perspective through the lens of their experiences. So if you're getting a specific type of person, you're going to be taught a specific type of Correct. thing. Correct. Okay. Look, I have always felt, Paul, mm. and there are still stories close to my heart that I probably will take to the grave. Okay. Now, we've had some great live shows and we always had some special stuff. And I guess if we do this this bus thing, 
there'll be some more stuff that will be dragged out. Yes. Okay. But these last stories are clinging to my heart like viruses with sticky claws. Mm. They don't want to let go. And mate, I've still got stories in the vault about mainly about police violence. I witnessed a lot of really bad shit. But your story that we're talking about today mm-hmm. was the first time that I witnessed two police officers that I was working with yeah. beat the fuck out of a guy. And when I say beat him up, they basically bashed him, punched him in the head, in the gut. Uh, they throttled him. They knocked him to the ground. Now, listeners at this point, I I could have, I guess, what would I have done now? I could have... Um, gone to a senior police officer back at the police station um, and within probably hours I could not have worked at that station um, for lots of reasons. No one had worked with me. Right. Um, because in policing, you, by the very nature of the job, witness some really bad shit. But imagine... We're in 2021. This is this year. This story I'm relaying happened 40 years ago. And as I sit here, sort of staring blankly at a wall in front of me, the wall's vanishing, literally. And I can see that alleyway. And I can see my colleagues laying into this guy who clearly was relatively innocent. Yeah. But they didn't give a fuck because it was like they were coiled springs. This pent up um you know, this this look, it's an animal um thing that comes out. Um I never in my police career, not once Did I ever hit anyone, punch anyone? I was involved in that incredible arrest of the escapee, which is in another chapter of your book in the future. Um, But even in that, when we we get to that chapter and you go through that forensically, you will realize that I never, I didn't didn't punch the person. Right, right. Um, Conversely, listeners, I was never attacked or punched or assaulted. But you were taught martial arts of a sort, weren't you? I was, but I I always believed and I'm not I'm not I'm not naive, folks. I mean I've been to some some really heavy, heavy scenes. You know, we don't have riot squads. We don't have the tactical response group. Mm. We don't have these groups for shits and giggles. We do need them occasionally. Um different horses for different courses. And um you know, I just found what I saw morally repugnant, but I was between a rock and a hard place. And yes, I mean, am I making excuses for my inaction? Uh, yes. Did I want to remain in the New South Wales Police Force? Yes, most definitely. Did I want to terminate my career in a microsecond by going back to the station and saying blah, 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 bearing in mind, listeners, that the senior police were complicit 
believe you me. What do you mean? Do you honestly... Th- they, they, they may have paid me lip service, but the second I made the complaint and walked out, I was a marked man. Okay. You'd be finished. Is, it, is there an argument to be made for you can change the system from the inside if you work on slow reforms and trying to contribute better kinds of policing as opposed to if you air one thing that everyone knows anyway and that i'm not I, it's really tricky doing that kind of math of you know what could you have done if you told them to stop all right hypothetically let's say okay so these two are beating the shit out of this guy first of all how how old was this guy would you say he would have been about 20 that's pretty upsetting um do you think if you'd said something to them in this in the in the moment they would have stopped they wouldn't have even heard me and they wouldn't they wouldn't hear me and they wouldn't want to hear me there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. And that is just not, I mean, look, look, I'm looking back on this with hindsight. Yeah. I'm thinking about the guy, you know, the famous My Lai massacre in the Vietnam War where the helicopter pilot saw what was happening. His, his own troops were firing on the village and he landed his helicopter between his troops and the village. I haven't heard this story. It's the My Lai massacre. It's so, it's one of the most incredible stories from the Vietnam War that we know about because there are lots of stories we don't know about. And he put his own life at risk to save a village. Did it work? Yeah. It's called the My Lai Massacre. Um, Now, Paul, I could have run over and stood between that guy and these two thugs Mm. and a couple of things would have happened. Uh, But mind you, again, mate, I'm sitting in my kitchen talking about this. Forty years later, yeah. we can. That's what courts do. They 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 pull apart and they go. Well, you know, you could have done this and you could have done that, and you know, that's I was there at the time. I believe, Paul, and I think you touched on it just a few minutes ago. That I, in terms of changing an organisation, what I wanted to do that day was 
say to myself, this is exactly the type of police officer I do not want to be. This is the type of policing that can only end in misery. Once I get a bit of rank and I'm the senior man, I can then carry out policing the way I think it should be carried out. And by example, I can then begin to engender a new, not a new, but a, you know, it was a very transitional time in the New South Wales police force. But look, I'm not, again, I'm not justifying what happened that night, but, mm. but I also am going to say I have witnessed quite a few occasions where the same scenario, yeah. you'd, you'd pull the car over mm -hmm. and the guy or people would get out and pull a gun on you, pull a knife on you, beat the shit out of police, leave them bashed and crumbled on the side of the road, run them over and fuck off. So the thing is that you're going into the unknown every time you do a vehicle stop. Now, in America, so many police are killed doing vehicle stops because you really don't know. So the first thing you think is, why is the person trying to get away? I mean, in I mean America is a very, very fraught example given that, like... You know, um, people of color are disproportionately. You know, black kids are shot in the back for true, true, true. Like they have a real no, I agree. Problem, but you know. but uh, but you know, I mean, there are obviously a lot of amazingly fantastic, lovely, hardworking, honest, great cops. Of course, all over the world, absolutely. I and, mean, and, and, yeah. and 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 you know, police of color, and and that's one of the things they try and do. Like in Sydney, you get to see so many different nationalities. I think in Sydney. I've, I'm quite sure I've seen a police officer wearing a turban, yeah, which is great. Seen quite a few Asian background police, which I think is mind blowing, and Indigenous police. And look, there are so many wonderful things that we can do. But we're we're looking back, and you and I, we do this fairly forensically at a period in time that is known to have been completely. It was almost out of control, yeah. where anything went, and these two police. One of them went on to be a very, very good. Like when I say good, I don't necessarily mean a good person. You mean adept, like a tech very adept and yeah. an, an amazing detective, mm -hmm. and really, really the type of guy that you wanted on your side. Right now, he was the third wheel that night. Who was just coming along for the. For the for the fun of it, he, he was, was the one who, that night. Yeah, he was the one whose um, girlfriend was the one. Uh, Correct. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Now, now when we got back to the police station, because they they arrested this guy. Mm. Now, what you didn't say in your book, Paul, and I don't know whether you chose not to say this or whether I had not volunteered this information, but he was brought back to the police station, and he'd clearly been beaten. But no one actually said anything as clearly that he'd been beaten um, and been thrown on the ground. You know, he had, he's, his shirt was torn. He was bruised, blood, um, you know, lot, lots of indicators. And he was taken into a room where he was um, ultimately breathalyzed and he was positive. So he was going to be charged with... PCA, which was prescribed concentration of alcohol. And I don't remember whether it was low range, mid range or high range. To specify, is that for... Um, Amount of alcohol in your blood. But I mean, you, 
you're getting busted for drinking with that much alcohol in your blood, just to be clear, and not and driving. For, yeah, drinking and driving with that alcohol, not just for having that much alcohol in your body, right? No, for driving. Okay, go, okay, correct. Yeah, yeah. It's not an offence to walk along a street. No, that's what I mean. Being yeah. pissed out of your brain. Um, but Paul, one of the classic things that used to happen all the time. In fact, it happened so often the magistrates would have been getting the shit so badly back in the 80s. But if a defendant, a person you charged, for example, he was going to be charged with drink driving Mm -hmm. or PCA as it was known back then, he was also charged, and this is not in the book, Paul, but he was also charged that night with assault police and resist arrest. Neither of which happened. Right? Definitely there was no assault. And the resist may have been construed in him trying to not or get away, which is neither here nor there. So but they were they were a standard. Um that was that was sort of the it was the trifecta back in the eighties. It was the charge you were being charged with, for example, break in and steal. And if you gave any lip or the police just didn't like your haircut, um, quite often people were charged with resist arrest and assault police. Isn't there really no way for them to contest that, is there? No, it's a lose-lose. Um, because as you say in the book, Paul, there were no body cams. There certainly weren't people with mobile phones. Mm-hmm. Um, mind you, I have a slightly contrarian perspective on mobile phones. What do you mean? I think that with everyone having mobile phones, I mean, policing is a very, very tough job. And I believe, and I'm maybe going out on a limb here, listeners, um, but I, I sometimes, I mean, I, I witness a lot of pretty bad shit happening up in the cross because I'm up there all the time because we have coffee up there. And when we, and when we travel by train... We get out at King's Cross Railway Station. And as soon as you walk out of that station, up onto the street in King's Cross, you are right in the thick of it. So you've got all the action, all the all the different types of, of people, sort of. And they're police. Like when Christine and I came out of the railway station at midday yesterday, the first thing we saw were police patting down a couple of um, guys. You know, they were spread-eagled up against... The entrance to the station. That was the first thing we saw. So it's pretty, pretty full on up here. Mm. And um, can you imagine, Paul, what it's like to be a police officer carrying out that type of duty, which is very demeaning for the person they're doing it to? There's no privacy. Conversely, the police are doing, you don't know what, whether it's a tip off, whether they've seen something, we don't know the backstory. But can you imagine the police? You look across the road and there are people standing there filming the entire thing. I believe, listeners, controversially perhaps, that sometimes that the police will perhaps not be able to carry out their duties perhaps properly. What, 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 could, think- what, could you, what could you not do? This is just me playing devil's advocate. What could you not do with cameras on you? That you, you, know, you know what I mean? No, but if you're involved in a really serious, really serious 
uh, life and death fight yeah. where the offender pulls a knife, mm-hmm. there are always going to be people that say things like, why didn't you use capsicum spray? Okay, so you use the capsicum spray, that does diddly squat because the guy's on some incredible drug that's just blown these brains apart. And then people say, well, you pull... I mean, I heard it a few weeks ago when someone was shot and, 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 and one of the relatives, and you can understand the relatives being completely sort of overcome with just just sadness and, and, and you know, all those human emotions. But this particular person said, well, why didn't the police shoot him in the, in, in the knee? No, you don't do that. Can you imagine trying to shoot someone that's coming towards you in the knee? Well, that's insane because you are taught to go for body mass. My point being, can you imagine being in a terrible, stressful situation? You've got this person that's, you know, wielding a knife and, you know, the police don't have to back off. That's one of the things. If the person's committing a really serious offence, they do not have to just... They're not in a position to just go, well, you know what, we'll just walk away from this because it'll all probably calm down. They're, they're, They're faced with incredibly intense, rapid fire, high adrenaline things that are unfolding and then all of a sudden you see 10 people standing pretty close all filming you i mean i think that would make things even more difficult that's my opinion what's the difference between that and say 10 people like watching you i mean if you've got eyewitnesses like what is the actual what's the actual difference i I really believe there is a psych i I think Mm. i'm just i'm hypothesizing Mm. but i feel there could be that extra bit of um uh, look, mate, this is it. we open up a, a Pandora's box here, don't we? Well, yeah, part of the problem is, of course, uh, you know, there are cases, yes, where um, it makes the police's job harder. But I think especially when you look at someone like America where disproportionately um, it's introduced accountability and black people have just been saying, yeah, we've always been getting, you know, um, stopped disproportionately and, uh, you know, harassed, abused, literally murdered. Having mm, our I agree, on. 100%. And if, it, and if it weren't for this sometimes invasive and frankly annoying technological kind of wave, uh, the whole world wouldn't know. It's like, they're not like, this is not new. They're saying, this has always been happening. You are just seeing it now. And one of the terrible things about, you know, social media, phones, whatever, is that it's always a double-edged sword. There's, you know, I mean, (laughs) there are so many great things that technology brings us. And then, of course, yeah, it does make a lot of people's jobs harder. It does create this sort of culture in which... Sometimes people doing their jobs get screwed over. They get swept mm. up in this wave of this, you know, this because people are so angry. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I know, and also with 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 filming something, yeah. you know, it's 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 very it's very um, polarized. It's 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 focusing on the action, but there could be other things happening out of out of view. I look, I'm 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 not an apologist for 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 anything to do with police violence. Of course, uh, yeah. no way, because I I've been. Amongst it, and I've seen the most terrible, the most terrible violence yeah. inflicted on innocent people, which we will talk about in future chapters. But Paul, that night when this guy was charged with PCA and resist arrest assault police, yeah, the they did a record of interview, questions and answers, mm-hmm. which were always done, and um, my two colleagues were doing the the record of interview, and they sort of you know. I said, he said, I said, he said, you know, question, answer, question, answer. And one of the questions they put to the uh, the guy um, was a fairly basic sort of a question, mm-hmm. just getting the facts to present before the magistrate. 
and um, I remember looking over because it was it was interesting for me. I'm, I'm I'm in a learning process and I'm trying to get a sense of what's going down. And I looked and they'd asked a question. Um, can you read, Paul, what the actual person? Well, can you read what they wrote for his answer? Yeah, here we go. Dave's huge fingers stamped away at the typewriter with a sudden flurry of strokes so emphatic you'd think he was trying to kill an insect that wouldn't stay still. There was an aggressive ding from the typewriter bell. John wandered over to look at the transcript and saw what Dave had recorded as the beaten man's response. Go fuck yourselves. I fucked your wife, you fucking... Standard standard fare. Um, and that's a verbal, isn't it? That's a verbal. Yeah. So when you when you ask a question and you get an answer, for example... You say to an offender, at 10 o'clock this morning, we saw you walking away from a house and there had been a break in it at that house. And then when we searched you, we found jewellery concealed on your person. What do you have to say to that? Now, he may have said during the record of interview, mm-hmm. look, um, I don't feel comfortable answering that question. I'd like to perhaps get a lawyer. Now, you should write or type that down, shouldn't you? Yes. Because that's an answer to your question. But instead, because the offender is sitting opposite you, he can't see... What you're typing, yeah. What you're typing. Mm. So, your answer that you insert into the record of interview is... And I'm just going to sort of ad-lib here. Listen, you... You brainless fuckwit... I wouldn't piss up your ass if your kidneys were on fire. And when I get bail, I'm going to come round and fuck your missus. So that's what the police officer will type as to his answer. Now, once you've finished the record of interview, the offender who's going to be charged, he hasn't been charged yet, he has an opportunity to read his statement. Mm Mm-hmm. So he reads the statement and then he stops and he goes, hang on a sec. And he looks up and he goes, I didn't fucking say that. And then you, uh, one of your colleagues might then whack him across the back of the head. And then they'll say, keep reading. Now, once he's read the entire thing that they say to him, well, there are four things or three or four things they'd say at the end of the statement. Sure. Was any threat, promise or inducement held out to you in making this statement? <laughs> And right. you had to write no. Mm. Can you imagine if you wrote yes? Could they, they would, Could they just not write? Could they write no, no, no for it, you? It's got to be in his own handwriting. His or her handwriting. Right. That's They actually write and they sign it. So you ask them all these questions. Was any threat, promise or inducement? The threat being, if you don't answer the way we want you to, we're going to fucking take you out the back and... You can imagine. Did it, so did, then once all that's done, yeah, they yeah. then they then process you and charge you. And um, then, Paul, then, 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 then I used to go home and be feeling a little bit miserable. And I stopped on my way home at a set of lights and I looked up and there was a tunnel. And on the top of the tunnel, so everyone could see it, were the words stop police verbals. Right. And these were, that was a phrase, stop police verbals, that I saw hundreds of times all over Sydney. It was written everywhere. It was even written in gutters. It was it was a real problem, police verbals. And, uh, yeah, 
So that was a classic case that night. Um, I have a question regarding this chapter. So let's say, well, first of all, um, I'm really happy to hear it from this episode that you never did anything like this. It's, I mean, even though you, of course, I knew you didn't intuitively. It's nice, it's nice to have you actually say it. Hmm. But more importantly, let's close this episode up on a hypothetical. Let's say, let's say you had a phone with a camera in it and you're hanging back and you're in that alleyway from this chapter and you're watching this guy get beaten up. Let's say you don't feel comfortable intervening. Would you have surreptitiously filmed it and then shown them the footage? Would the footage have done the job that a kind of conversation wouldn't have? Or would getting the footage to the press, do you think, have raised awareness and been something you were willing to do? Or let's say a civilian was filming it. Would you be okay with that because you would know that it would achieve something? <clears throat> okay, great question. And I'm I'm really going to put a noose around my neck here by saying... Firstly, Paul, with your first um, uh, point yeah. or question, mm. under no circumstances would I have ever filmed it, ever. However, I, and this is going to sound so hypocritical, but I'm putting it out there because I like to think that I'm very honest, and that is that I would have been really, really happy for a member of the public to have filmed it. Okay. And put it out there, but okay. I would not have done it because I was not feeling as though I wanted to kiss my career yeah. that I'd only just started. Yeah, kiss it goodbye. I understand. I mean, if they say sunlight's the best disinfectant, right? I mean, and if someone was doing the thing that you couldn't, but you were going to let it happen, let's say you saw someone walking past, even a witness to walk past, and then kind of go and give this information. I'm just curious as to what happened to this guy. I mean, what was he? Char- what, what's the sentence for that? He would of- have he would have gone before court. Yeah. Hopefully, it was his first offence, and he would have basically lost his license for back then maybe three months, um, and put on a bond or, or something pretty minor. Um, but the magistrate would have, in my my feeling, at, particularly at North Sydney Court, I have a feeling that. Deep down, the magistrate would have been pretty pretty aware of what was going down. So, uh, but I, di- I didn't go to court. So, um, okay, okay, but you, you're confident that the magistrate magistrate probably would have looked at this guy and gone, "Yeah, I, I know what happened." To yeah, you. you're yeah, fine. Yeah. And, and 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 hopefully he pleaded guilty, which I know sounds so bad. <sighs> oh yeah, hang on. Why would he plead guilty? He didn't do anything. That's not the point. I'm saying hopefully he pleaded guilty. Yeah, because. The magistrate really, really likes people to do that. Right. So if you plead guilty to a thing you didn't do, but then you've got Correct. a record. Yep. He's got the record anyway with the uh, the drink driving. Paul, I wasn't at the court case. I'm just saying that back in the 80s, it was it was really, really sensible yeah. to go with the flow. And that sounds so bad. Yeah. But that's, uh, that's the reality. I understand. I understand. Um, well, look, that's, that's a really... I've really enjoyed this talk, Dad. Um, police brutality is a very, very, in some ways, very complex issue. And in some ways, it's extremely black and white. And I know there's probably going to be listeners across the world who've got pretty strong opinions. There's going to be listeners who have suffered at the violence at the hands of police. And there's going to be police who have... It's, it's really complicated. And I've never, obviously... All my interactions with cops have been great. But I'm a big white guy with a nice moustache in a in a bougie suburb. I don't, mm. you know, I don't encounter the kind of stuff most people do. So my perspective is very limited. Um, so if anyone has any kind of 
I, I, this is going to get pretty fraught, but if anyone has any stories that they want to kind of talk about, then you know, feel free to head across to our Facebook page because we do like hearing messages from you guys and your stories. So it's facebook.com forward slash loose units. And next week we are going to chapter 16, which is called a meet and greet. And chapter 16 is kind of where the Julian stuff really ramps up, but that's all the time we have. So uh, we'll see you next week. Bye everyone. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.